All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. Last episode, we got to hear from Andrine Lowe about being a writer and a stand-up comedian. She left us with great advice on doing both. Thank you for being on, and we look forward to hearing about her next novels in the future. In this episode, Misfit Raymond Bird got us linked up with Marine Corps veteran, who is on a great journey and already has a great story. He is Alan Simmons. So without further ado, let's get Alan Simmons on here. All right, welcome to the Misfit Nation. Today we have the honor of having a Semper Fi alumnus, a former Marine, Mr. Alan Simmons. How are you, Alan? Ooh, uh. <laughs> I'm good. Good. <laughs> good. <laughs> I'm good, brother. I appreciate you having me on your show, man. Uh, I've, I've been looking forward to this since Raymond told me about you. I think yeah. when I first did my interview with him, he he was pumped to have me and you connect. And I think I understand mm-hmm. why now after reading yeah. your reading your website and seeing all the things you've been doing and where I see where I believe your your trajectory is taking you. This is going to be yeah. a pretty good time right here. Yes, sir. I'm excited, man. I'm glad this connection happened. You know, it's awesome when networking makes it work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Raymond's a good part of my network. He's a mm-hmm. part of my family. So he's a good guy. Yeah. So uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your story, like from as far back as you want to go through your time in the Corps to where you are now. Okay. Awesome. I love I love this part. So <laughs> um, <laughs> as you said, I'm Alan Simmons. I'm from uh, Somerville, South Carolina, a town near Charleston, uh, South Carolina, and I joined the Marine Corps out of high school in 2007. Uh, interesting story that I, I love to share with people because, you know, it's not the traditional, oh, I joined because, you know, of 9-11. I joined because my dad, you know, even though my dad was in the Army. Um, but I joined the, the Marine Corps because I was supposedly uh, becoming a father <laughs> out of high school. Yeah. So, you know, um, I had, you know, I was dating this young lady. Uh, who was pregnant and for sure she was pregnant and my buddies were going in the Marine Corps. So my, my dad was like, well, what are you going to do? Can't go to college. Like, what are you going to do? And so I ended up going to Marine Corps and knew nothing about the military, never went to a drill, knew nothing about marching. Like <laughs> it was, it was, a complete, <laughs> you know, uh, culture shock, you know? And um, oh, yeah. when I got, when I got to Pierce Island, man, I was going through hell, like, because I was, like I said, I wasn't used to the whole military uh, lifestyle or even ROTC, so someone yelling at me, you know, I wasn't ready for that yet, you know, Um, so (laughs) I, you know, they treated me like crap because they were like, Simmons, scream, 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 right, and I'm over here like, aye, sir, you know, like, open your mouth, (laughs) aye, sir, right, (laughs) I'm just being like a really (laughs) jerk, right, and, um, So like boot camp, man, I was, I got broken in pretty good. And, you know, here I am transformed into this new man, uh, you know, and, you know, I'm about to get to my graduation and I get a letter in the mail and it's from one of my buddies from my football team in high school. I went to Somerville High School and it was like, hey, Alan, man, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but, you know, you're not the dad. I was like, what? He just named off. He named off a guy we played football with, and like they, they, everybody knew about it, and I didn't know about it. You know. Um, oh wow! Right. So here I am about to graduate boot camp, and I'm just like, you know, a month ago I was telling my parents to pick me up. I was ready to go. You know. Uh, to now, I'm now. I have this sense of pride, and now I have the news of my life you know, for the reason why I was there, you know, so um, it went from that to, you know, me going after boot camp to go try to burn down their house. I didn't really try, but I wanted to, you know, I wanted to burn down the whole house, you know, but uh, I didn't do it. And, um, you know, so I get my first duty station. I'm going to Okinawa, Japan. Uh, Japan, I had the time of my life, got in a lot of trouble, you know, did a lot of, uh, drinking as people do you know military members when we're young we go out there we spend a lot of money on drinks and um and then we break a couple of rules here and there like curfew and you know uh you know so especially on 
<laughs> especially out there. Yeah. So it's especially out there, you know, so it was, a, it was a great experience. I would say like Okinawa taught me a lot about being uh, a Marine with pride and, and uh, PT and, and camaraderie, you know, and leadership. I was meritoriously promoted in uh, Okinawa to corporal from E3 Lance Corporal to corporal uh, on our board. So like that was one of my biggest accomplishments. And right there, I would say that was the first time I really started to believe in myself um, because, you know, I knew other Marines who were better than me. Like they knew more about the Marine Corps. They knew more about drill. They knew more about um, everything. And it was like, I was this guy that came into a whole nother society that I wasn't used to. But when I won that board, man, it, it gave me a sense of pride because I went up against a lot of like sharp Marines. And after winning that board, <laughs> I have another life altering moment where they're like, hey, Simmons or Von Valet, one of you guys have to go to Iraq. We need an E4. <laughs> so I get promoted. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. I get I get promoted and my promotion calls for me to do something, you know, and he had just got married. So I was like, OK, you know, I'll go. You know, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. So I'll go. So I end up going on an individual augment to Baghdad. Uh, out of McDill Air Force Base. That was the coolest part about this whole thing was that I got to go to uh, from Japan to Florida, uh, Tampa, Florida for McDill Air Force Base. And I got stuck there for a month and a half. <laughs> right. Oh, and, um, <laughs> yeah, bro. They gave me like uh, I was on the military charge card and like I was eating out all the time. I had uh, the airmen had came on base and they didn't have enough room for me to stay there in the barracks. They put me in an apartment out in town and gave me a Dodge Charger, bro. I was living the dream. <laughs> you know, charge. Right, right. So it was it was awesome. And so like it went from that, you know, to to me going out. So they're sending me to Iraq. And like I said, I was an individual augmentee. So I was by myself, you know, until I, I got there to my unit in Baghdad. And, you know, uh, that's where I did, I had, you know, I was an electrician in the Marine Corps. So when I went to Baghdad, I was doing stuff that I can't really talk about, but it was more so like Intel, you know, and it was really cool finding out the movements of the Taliban and um, being able to tell our route clearance team where things were, you know, on, on that form. But Iraq gave me a different experience. I was attached to the Army, the Air Force, the Navy, the Marine Corps. It was a joint operation. They had the French. They had they had all the Italian guys. They had like they were cooking pizza in a brick oven type <laughs> thing. You know, it was really it was really cool. You know, um, we were getting IDF attacks, indirect fire attacks, like here and there. But that was that was about it. Like I wasn't on the ground fighting, but I was in behind the scene helping our people out that were out there fighting. Um, and then I was also briefing like generals and like majors and like, it was pretty cool. Like I was in a position that I never would have thought I would have been in. Um, so from there, do you need me to take a pause or keep going? You tell me to t go start from- You're good right now. You're doing good. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> so I'm trying to make it entertaining while I do it. But yeah. so, so from Iraq, man, um, I go to, I go back to Japan, I'm checking out and I go to Camp Pendleton, California. And here I am in California now, you know, South Carolina boy from the country with dirt roads and pickup <laughs> trucks and, you know, uh, sipping on some, uh, some Kool-Aid and, and going to the candy store. That, that little boy is now in, in California, you know, and I'm in, um, I'm, I, my first time checking in, bro, like, I, I left my uniform in Japan. I left my uh, alphas in Japan. So, so, right, like, that's a big push right there. Like, so yeah. here I am checking in this new guy. Nobody knows me. And I show up without my alphas. And so now I'm a dirt bag automatically. And, you know, I was like, somebody stole, somebody actually stole my uniform from my war locker before I left. It was crazy. And, um, but, you know, I look like a dirt bag when I checked in and uh, my, my, my boy, he's my boy now, but he was my, my, uh, my lead uh, corporal when I got there, you know, um, 
he actually became a sergeant, but he was like, you know, here's here's my uniform. He was bigger than me, so I'm looking really sloppy wearing this guy's <laughs> uniform. And uh, but we became best friends after that, you know. Um, so here I am in California, living the dream, going to uh, Pacific Beach, San Diego, Gas Lamp District, going to L.A., going to Hollywood Boulevard, going, you know, like I'm just like living a dream. And the next thing you know, it's like <laughs> Simmons, uh, we need you to go to EOD. You're going to Afghanistan, and EOD is Explosive Ordnance Disposal Company. So I'm like, dude. I'm an electrician. Like, what do you guys not get? Right. You know, so I get attached to EOD, man. And it was a, it was a culture shock once again, because these guys are, you know, they're going to Afghanistan and they're diffusing IEDs and, you know, um, people have lost limbs and people have died. And I'm over here with these guys about to deploy and I'm their support guy, AKA, you know what, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, so I didn't even got to say it, but I'm their support guy. And so they're not seeing me as like, okay, equal. I know I'm a Marine, but like, they're just like, all right, whatever, get these papers, push these papers type stuff. Right. They didn't really understand my value until we got to Afghanistan and we had a generator and we needed lights and AC, you know, like they didn't understand it then, you know? Right. So, so here I am attached to EOD and like, you know, there's a bunch of guys that passed away on um, the, the initial push that we they did before I got there. The guys that we were going to replace, a lot of guys were, were coming back in boxes, bro. And I was scared for my life at this point in time. I was like, all right, this is really real. Like, Afghanistan, like, this isn't just oh, yeah. sitting in a joint operations center right now, you know? And um, so... So the night before, I'm going I'm to I'm start here with Afghanistan. The night before I leave California, I'm turning up. You know, I'm like, my birthday's <laughs> coming up. I'm going to be overseas for my birthday. I'm like getting drunk, plastered. And <laughs> so, you know, we had to be at the armory to pick up our weapons at like zero dark 30 in the morning, which is like four, zero, four hundred, you know. And I wake up and I'm in San Diego, like, 35, 40 minutes from base. And I wake up and the sun's out. <laughs> right. So I'm like, dang, like the sun's out. I got messages on my phone, missed calls, Simmons, Water, blip, 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 you know, like just a lot of foul stuff. And you're screwed, NJP, da 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 da. Like it's all happening to you. You know, so I'm freaking out. And I'm so like, the girl I was talking to at the time, she ends up driving me to base and I'm just like flipping out on her. Like, you freaking suck. Da, 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 da. You got me late. I told you to wake me up, you know? <laughs> and so I get to base, man. And I, I get to the armory. You're not supposed to bring your, your weapon in a, in a vehicle and all that stuff. So I'm over here doing stuff that I'm not supposed to do. I go get my bags. Luckily I had them packed already. And I get to the compound, EOD compound. And I'm just like shaking in my boots, man. And like, I'm just like, all right, they're about to court martial me. Like, cause I didn't know if they had left already or not. Like, I'm just getting there, like wondering if it's just the families that are still hanging out, you know, uh, sending them their family members off. So I get there and luckily they were still there. And, you know, my uh, master gunner sergeant, he comes out there and the colonel's waiting inside. And like, I'm just like, the gunnery sergeant had it out for me from day one. Like he hated me. Like, he just, he didn't like that. I didn't like, I wasn't afraid of him, you know, but he didn't like that. So he was ready, itching to, I already had page 11s from him. They wrote me up a couple of times, you know, on some miscellaneous stupid stuff just to like put something bad on my name. And so this time, man, they're like, I'm in the office standing there at the desk at attention, bro. And they're like, Simmons, you're screwed. Like, we're about to, we're about to court martial you. This is like, you're about to miss a move. Like you're almost AWOL. Like, so like, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do. And I'm just like, man, I'm here. I'm right here. Like I'm not AWOL. I wasn't intentionally trying to miss the move. I just partied too much. That's all, you know? And they ended up like talking to me for about an hour before we left and ended up just giving me a page 11 and, you know, which is, you know, a slap on the wrist slash, makes you look bad, you know. Um, yeah. So 
we get to Af- we get all the way to we go to I think we went to Kuwait first or something and then we go to Afghanistan and we're at Leatherneck at this point in time you know the green zone and they're telling all the support personnel where they're going and they're like so and so Johnson you're here Leatherneck you know so and so so and so and like they're naming off where people are going and then they get to me and they're like Simmons you're going to Marja I was like where the hell is Marja like you know like. <laughs> You know, and I'm Marja, Afghanistan. That's like Taliban Central. Like they are, they live outside the wire type stuff. You know, um, so so I get attached to a couple of guys that go out there, and I got treated like crap the first couple of weeks. I'd say the first month, I got treated like crap because I was late. So everybody, you know how people are. They'll give you hell. You know, make you do stupid stuff. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah, until something comes up like, oh, we need heat or we need lights, you know. So, but the cool part after all the bull crap, man, I um I met Robin Williams and Lance Armstrong out there, you know, and they came out to do a little wellness check, you know, on us and stuff. And I got to walk them through the IED course because another cool part about these deployments was I did stuff outside of my job. So I was actually in charge, uh, I assisted with the uh, IED lanes. Whenever people would come in country, we would I would take them through the lane and I'd be in the tower and I'd blow up stuff if they stood next to an IED, you know, or something like, it was just a test trial to get them used to the, uh, the way things look like disturbed earth or bottles on the side of the road or, you know, different things to teach them how to maneuver in the landscape. So I learned a lot from that and, Fast forward, there's a day where there, somebody comes in the tent in the evening and they're like, hey, Simmons, we're going on a patrol tomorrow. Do you want to go? I'm like, yeah, I'll go on a patrol. Like, you know, just walk around, you know, see the area. And uh, I had already been outside the wire a lot of times. Like, We, were, we weren't in the green zone in Marshall. This was already red zone type stuff, you know. And so uh, when we went on uh, convoys to different places, like we hit IEDs, we got shot at, you know, in our seven ton. But like it was never like an on foot type thing, right? We were always in a truck. And here, this this next morning in Marja, you know, I wake up, we get out there to the tent, you know, the captain's debriefing, he's briefing everyone. And they're like, all right, this is what we're doing, a presence patrol. We just want to let them know that we're here, that we mean good, da 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 da. It's like, okay, cool. They start going over the formation. Rich man, they start going over the formation and <laughs> they're like, <laughs> You would be all right. So we were we were in a V formation, if you can imagine a V, but uh, pointed yeah. pointed upward, right? Like a, a right. yeah, upside down V, right? So inverted V, and they're like Simmons, you're gonna be here, which is in the top right of the V formation. So I was in the front on the right side, and I I instantly said, you guys got to be kidding me. Like first of all, I'm an electrician, you know, and then second of all, this is my first foot patrol. And third of all, I'm black. You guys know black people die first in the movies. Like I said that. They start laughing. Everybody's just laughing. I'm over here like about to crap my pants. Like, Seriously, guys, you don't understand. You know, so <laughs> so like black people die first in the movies. You all know this. Like, why do I have to go first? You know, so um, they're like, all right, haha, very funny, Simmons, get up front, right? So <laughs> so here I am. Um, we're going out of the wire and we're walking it's like moon dust i described the dust the sand it was oh, yeah. like moon dust you know like you just sink right through it right and um here i am with my ied lane you know uh knowledge i'm looking at the disturbed earth looking at different everything looks like a dang ied pretty much everything looks like it could be a pressure plate or <laughs> a bottle could be something you know um so i'm just like looking at it and we cross this canal it was like a, a two feet wide little uh, bridge that we went over <laughs> and we crossed this little thing, this beam, and we get to a house and we're talking to the locals there. We're like, hey, you know, we're, we mean good. Da, da, da. You know, the interpreter's talking to them. And I see this guy in the back. He's by the water well and he's like peeking up. And I'm like, I was like, yo, I see somebody back there. He's like peeking up. He's on the phone. Like, I think he's talking to somebody. They tell me Simmons chill out. Like he's probably just on the phone. He probably just scared, whatever. Right. They didn't take it seriously. I'm like, no, this dude looks like he's like, he's, he's out, he's looking out for something. Right. And, um, 
So next thing you know, we get a couple of guys, they ride by on their moped. It was like three dudes on one moped, you know, and they're, oh, enchilada, enchilada. You know, they're waving at us and stuff. We're like, oh, hey, hey. So they disappear, and we start continuing down our, our patrol. We're walking down, and, like, we're in an open area. Like, you know, it's a lot of, like, fields and uh dirt path pretty much you know it was almost we call it the uh, rat trail because it was just like some trees lined up on the side almost like going through an alley but in the in the in the, in the desert um right you know so i'm walking and i'm going over these like little clumps of uh garden type hills you know like i'm walking 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 and next thing you know this kid comes out and he's like double, 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 double. and i don't know the interpreter said <laughs> He said that the Taliban just came and put an IED in the road. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Right. <laughs> so he said the little kid was like the Taliban came out there and told everybody to go in the house that there's an IED in the road. And so here we go. My sergeant, he was in the middle of the V formation on the road uh, using a metal detector, you know, and here I am in the front on the right side, like just looking. And I get to this intersection, and this is like when I guess I'm God, God becomes real to me because I literally heard a voice, Richard. I heard a voice say, Look by your foot. Like oh, wow. out of nowhere, right? <laughs> look by your foot. So I look by my foot, and there's a haystack right by my right foot. And so I'm like, okay. And the voice was like, lift it. Gotcha now. All right, cool. I don't know what happened, but it was uh, so I'm, I lift up the haystack and it was a propane tank, 12 nine volt batteries, a cell phone strapped on top of it with wires. Right. So here's a bomb, an IED. I found it right by my foot. And, you know, I'm like a deer in the headlights at this time. And I'm like, IED, you know, and so everybody, they do a 360, like just circling around, you know, spreading out. I'm like, I can't move because it could be secondary or tertiary bomb, you know, pressure plates and stuff like that out here. So I'm standing next to this IED and my sergeant, he comes, he had the radio jammer, Thor pack. He brings that over and he puts it by the, um, the IED. And I'll pause here and say, like, luckily I was within the radius of the radio jammer because like right. whoever was right there was trying to call it. Right. And, um, so we do this like 360. I get in this canal and um, next to the other point guy, he was on the left side of the formation and he's like looking at me. We're talking. He's like, Simmons, you OK? You OK? I was like, ah, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like out of it pretty much. You know, and he's like, all right, Simmons, we got to go clear this house over here. And I was like, you got to be in me. Like, you, are you serious? You not just saw, you know, he's infantry. I'm an electrician. I'm shell shocked already. <laughs> You know, he's like, we got to clear this house out. We got to clear this house out. So he pops smoke in the road. We run across and we get into this little field and there's like six feet tall weed plants, bushes, like just, oh, in yeah. the, in the, you know, like they're right there, right? Marijuana bushes and stuff. And so we're going through that. We get to the house, kick in the door, see this guy and his on the ground playing with some clay, some weird stuff. I don't know what they were doing. Maybe that's the pastime thing or something, but they were playing in clay on the floor. And we're like, stay here, stay here. We go outside. We get by this brick wall next to this guy's house. And I wouldn't say brick. It's clay wall near this guy's house. And there's an open field in front of us. Imagine like a football field. And all the way at the end of the 100 yards, you see like trees lined up. So the tree line right there. And then on the left side, there's two, two other clay houses with a white van in front of it and children running to other to, to the houses like they're running they're running they're running like something's about to happen and like we see people in the van and so here we are we're panicking and then we see a guy he's running from where the IED was he's running in the other direction towards the trees and he has a blue vest on he has a radio or a trigger device in his hand or something but he's running and so I put I put him on my scope and my my buddy Hartman he's calling into command you know, rules of engagement. And he calls into command. He's like, command, command, possible Taliban, wearing a blue vest, trigger device in his hand. Can we engage? Command calls back. Is he carrying a weapon? 
Not sure. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a he has a he has a vest on and a device in his hand. Can we engage? But is he carrying a weapon? Like, not yeah. sure. Like they's like, don't engage, right? So they say don't engage. And I'm like, what the like this is the first time I ever got to experience the whole rules of engagement in real life, right? And so this guy disappears into the tree line that was like a hundred yards away. And all, all I know next was like, so we start hearing like AK 47, run off and then mortars. Right. So like we got all of this stuff happening in a matter of seconds. And I hit the deck. I hit the, I hit the, I hit the ground. And like I see the muzzle fi- muzzle flashes from the tree line, and so we start me and the guy we start laying r- laying rounds down there, and like I I like I said I was in infantry, I was electrician. I flipped my dang rifle on burst. I'm over there. <laughs> He's like, Simmons, stop that! You know, like you're gonna jam your rifle, or you know, like you know, you're wasting rounds. And I'm over here like, you know, I'm just yeah, save your ammo. I'm over here dang rambo like. <laughs> I'm just tripping, you know, so I put back on single shot, you know, and I'm shooting. And then uh, the crazy part is I was uh, next to a haystack and I'm like, dude, well, you got to you got to come over here. Like, I got to switch with you. Like in the middle of this gunfight, like this, uh, this firefight, like I'm like, you got to switch with me. I'm by a haystack. Like I already got a haystack phobia. Like he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, so like, he's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah, seriously. So he switched. Like bullets are hitting the deck. You know, and like it's just, you know, like you just, it's crazy. And so we, we, he was like, uh, he's like, all right, Simmons, we got to bound back. We got to get back with the rest of the platoon. There's only like 13 of us out there that day. And so, like, we're, everybody else was getting shot at too. So we're like, we're getting surrounded, right? We're getting ambushed. And so I get up. And I start to do the, you up, you see me, I'm down, you know, you're running, you drop, you're yeah. running, you drop, you know, and like bullets are flying and I'm running, zigging, zagging. Next thing you know, it's like, <laughs> RPG blast right in front of me, like knocks. All I remember was the boom, the bang and the flash and I'm flying backwards and I'm hit, I hit the ground and my ears are ringing you know, and like, eh, my heartbeat. You start checking all your parts. Right. I'm over here like, but I, I literally blacked out though. Like my heartbeat literally stopped. Like I heard my heartbeat fading and it stopped. And then, ah. yeah, bro. So like after when my heartbeat stopped, my ears, they were ringing initially and they stopped. And like what I tell people, like when I share my story with people, I'm like, dude, this stuff, if you go back to any story I've shared about this day, it's going to be the same no matter what. Like, it's so vivid to me. And I remember, so I'm here in Afghanistan. My ears were ringing. Heartbeat was beating. And then it stopped. And now I'm somewhere in this other realm, bro, like sitting Indian style. Like, I swear <laughs> on my life, I swear on my life, I was somewhere in a dark room sitting Indian style. Like on the floor. (laughs) Right. So I thought I was dead, bro. I was like, whoa. And I'm over here like, I don't know what's going on. It's dark. Like, is I'm sitting Indian style. Like, this is weird. I don't sit Indian style. Like, only in boot camp, right? But, (laughs) you know, so, and I'm in a dark room. And next thing you know, like, the noise comes back like 10 times 10. And I'm getting shook. Like, my my sergeant, he was on top of me. Service, get the fuck up. Right? And I wake up. I'm like, ah! I'm screaming, grabbing my legs, grabbing my arm, trying to make sure, like you said, everything is there. I'm over here grabbing everything, you know, and they're like, you okay, Simmons, you okay? You know, you know, and like, it's all loud at this still point. Everything was like, hey, you know, the noise and stuff. So it's like, oh, yo, like, it's really crazy. And they put me in the, uh, right back behind the brick wall or the clay wall, and I'm over here shook. It's hot as hell outside. And I'm just like dehydrated. I feel like I don't know where I'm at right now. You know, I'm discombobulated. And I was like, give me a cigarette. This is when I used to smoke cigarettes all the time. Give me a cigarette. Give me a cigarette. I don't care what it is. Camel Crush, Reds. I don't care. Give me a cigarette, right? And I'm smoking a cigarette. And like, they took a picture at this moment in time. I was so thankful they did it because like, it's a picture of me next to the wall. And I'm just like, 
with a smirk on my face, like, this is, this is crazy, <laughs> you know? And uh, <laughs> so we had a call in a hellfire strike, man. And like, ended up, everybody ended up getting back safe. I then started being a narcoleptic. Like I was falling asleep randomly. I had these, like I was talking to my, my uh, chief warrant officer and I fell asleep right in the middle of talking to him. So like, I, I had this like brain injury, I guess. And the TBI and, you know, I was forgetting my rifle in the, in the tent. I was forgetting my cover. Like, you know, like I was forgetting a lot of stuff. So they were like, Simmons, you all right, man? I'm like, yeah, I'm all right, you know? And I get back stateside, get out the military because the career planner screwed me over. I put in my reenlistment package and he waited a whole six months to tell me that oh, wow. my MOS was closed out, right? <laughs> he said, you can either wow. be a cook, you can be a cook or you got to get out. And I was like, I'm not waking up in the morning cooking nobody. I'm getting out, you know, so that, <laughs> that sucked, but, you know, um, so I got out, <clears throat> moved to Virginia, enrolled in college, and PTSD started, you know, my battle with suicidal thoughts, I was battling with my anxiety, I always felt like somebody was waiting in my home, waiting under my bed, waiting in the shower curtain, like, it was always something, like oh, I would man. leave, yeah, I, I would leave chairs in the middle of the walkway in my apartment when I left to, you know, because I was like, all right, if, some, if this is gone, somebody has been in here, or somebody's in here, right, and I was so OCD, like, I would have to leave things a certain way, Otherwise, like the disturbed earth type theory, right? Like if it looks disturbed and right. <laughs> something's here, something's up, you know, and it was one night, man, that I had literally was at the end of my end of the road in a sense. I had already went to the VA. I got medication. They gave me all this crap. They already told me that, you know, I went to the OEF, OIF clinic and they told me nice. that if, if, you know, if, if I, if I came there, they would have to either one lock me in a room and take away my stuff or they could give me some medication. You know, what do I do? I said, give me the medication, right? Like <laughs> you're not locking me in anything. So <laughs> that just makes I, it worse. <laughs> exactly. Like, like it was nothing to like, Oh, we're going to make sure you're good to go. Like, no, we'll give you some medication. I'm going to take this medication sitting on a couch, like a mummy, you know, mm. don't feel anything. Can't think properly and drop out of college. And I already threatened my professor. I'll stick my fist down your throat. Like, I'm over here just wilding, bro. I was just crazy. And, you know, I'm at parties low crawling when a damn beat drops. You know, like, I'm just like, get on the ground. You know, like, it's crazy, bro. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, man. So, like, I'm at this point in my apartment. And um, I'm just like, all right, like, I could either shoot myself or take these pills. I'm like. You know, I'm over here just contemplating. I, I've never been in this position in my life. And I'm like, why do I feel this? I'm trying to figure out myself. I can't do it. I feel like somebody's about to come get me. Like, it's really like paranoia time 10. Like, it was, it was so crazy. And so, like, I'm sitting there like, all right, I don't want to take these pills. So I'm just going to off myself. So I'm like in my apartment. It's evening time. And nobody's in my apartment but me. And I got the gun in my mouth. And Oh, wow. You know, I'm over here just crying, Richard. I'm crying like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know. And I mean, I know it's PTSD, but like, I don't know why it's affecting me like this. You know, and got the I got the barrel in my mouth and I'm just like finger on the trigger, you know, and like literally the, the most craziest thing, another God moment happens again, bro. Like I'm sitting there on the floor with this gun in my mouth and the street light shines through my window onto my nightstand where I had the Bible that my grandmother gave me. Right. I just kept oh, wow. it with me. It was, you know, it was just like, a, it was always with me type stuff. Like it was never like I was reading it or not, you know, I never read it. I just kept it with me. Um, right. You know, cause my grandmother gave it to me and she had passed away already, you know? So I'm looking at this Bible, bro. And I hear the same voice that I heard in Afghanistan. He says to me, like, in my, in, my, in my mind, like, you know how you could talk to yourself in your mind and stuff? Like, you can hear your, your voice inside of your mind. Like, I hear this other voice inside of my mind again. And he says, who are you to take your own life when I brought you from the land of your enemy? Like, literally, he said those words. And oh, I, wow. broke, I broke down crying. 
I'm just like, I broke down, put the gun by me. I'm on the floor in the fetal position, weeping, bro. I'm weeping. And I fall asleep, fall asleep, crying. And I wake up the next day and I feel this like weight off of me. And I'm looking at my gun and like the pawn shop was literally like at the stop sign outside of my neighborhood. And I walked to the pawn shop and I sold my gun. And, you know, and I'm just like, I go on this journey with God pretty much, man, like where he's dealing with my addictions and stuff. So and that's just a, a whole nother realm of story. But I didn't, I, I'm not like trying to be religious or anything, but it was just like a, it was just my how it happened for me. I've had brothers that committed suicide after they got back from Afghanistan and, you know, their story wasn't like mine. They just they died. You know, they didn't like nothing really happened. There's people that did commit suicide or try to commit suicide and failed. But like, for me, that was just what happened to me, man. I, I, I can, I can, I can't explain it because I've seen how my life has played out over the last 10 years. I've, I've done a lot of work with PTSD veterans and people who have experienced traumatic stuff and people who have experienced addictions and stuff like that. And that same voice would speak to me about people. And I could, anybody that knows me, Richard will tell you like, yeah, Alan can hear, like God speaks to him. Cause I've met random people and I've told them their story and they've broken the grown men were crying. And it was because God little, I told God one day, I said, God, wherever I am, I don't care if I'm drunk, high, I don't care what I'm going through. Like just use me. Cause I want to be that person that could stop somebody from pulling the trigger. If, if I walk their path and literally, man, I could be drunk at a bar, at a club, I could be high when I was smoking weed. Like I, God would literally like intervene in my, my moments and be like this, he'd download like some, like a USB drive, like a person's like life, <laughs> you know? And so like, that's why I say like, I don't want to be religious, but it's just my story and how it worked out for me, you know? So I'll right. pause right there, you know? Okay. I mean, that's, that's some deep stuff right there. And uh, if you've listened to our show before, I had Andrew Jones on here, also a former Marine, and he yeah. has a, a story pretty close to this in his wow. life. When he was about to do the same thing you were going to do, and the Lord came to him in his mind and told him to stop. Wow. And he actually wow. went through it two times, and he stopped them both times. And, and now he's, he does he goes around speaking to uh, current soldiers and such right now. So it's mm-hmm. kind of kind of parallel each other, and you both were out there being uh, Hollywood Marines. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're originally an islander, and then you kind of defected to the island to the Hollywood area. So I don't know. I'm sure you got some hell for that as you went through uh, your core life because yeah. you, you jump ship. And they they don't mm-hmm. take that too many times. Yeah, that's a yeah. very. And I'm pretty sure we were in uh, we were in country together in Afghanistan. Uh, me, you, and Ramon at the same yeah. time because uh, we both met uh, Robin Williams and Lance Armstrong during that tour. Oh, wow. As well. Wow. Yeah. Once you said that, it's a weird at the same exact time. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we were right next door because we were in Kandahar. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's dope, man. Yeah. I mean, that's small world type stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Like, definitely. Yeah. And I did get a lot of crap from, like, especially, like, I wrote a book. So I did my, my book of poems. I wrote, like, poetry was something that really helped me out. I would write and realized that like I had a lot of darkness inside of me. Like I'm writing about this, this, this mindset that I have and it's really dark. I'm talking about like blood and, and, and darkness and demons and different things, bro. And I was like, wow. So I started writing poetry and it really helped me like free some areas of my life. Uh, one, it helped me see inside of myself. Like I you know, when you could say, oh, I'll figure it out, I'll figure it out, but we never write it out. We never know like right. what we're feeling. Like we just know that I'm pissed, I'm angry, I have anxiety. You know, I feel like whooping somebody's butt. Like that's what I know, right? <laughs> but um, I would write that down. So I wrote a book of poems in uh, 2019, and then I got crap from a fellow veteran uh, that I served with in Japan. He was like, "Who do you think you?" No, actually, this was a uh, this was somebody I was with in Afghanistan. He messages me and he's like, who the hell do you think you are, you know, trying to show that, you know, you're fighting your PTSD the way you are. Like, it's not easy for everybody to tell their story and 
you're just out here telling your story. And I'm like, dude, why are you mad at me? Like, this is freeing me. Like, this is helping me out. Like, I, I don't, I, I, I've gotten to a point where I saw the, the benefits of sharing my story because it's something that never would have happened if I never went in the military. And sometimes it doesn't seem real. Sometimes it seems like right. a thing, a movie clip, like I took out of a movie, you know? So I have to, in order to experience like a certain side of it to where I'm, I'm winning now, I could talk about it because it has no power over me, you know? So, right. You've so taken yeah, man. Right. You know, so I just, I got a lot of hell from people like, oh, you know, like there's a lot of people who are battling this stuff and they've seen worse than you. I'm like, I never go out there telling people like, oh, if you went to Afghanistan and you never got into combat action, like you're nothing. No, I don't. I'm like, that's not my goal. Or, hey, you went and you your place. eight times and you, you got your leg blown off or you went through this and that. I'm like, there's no comparison for me, bro. Like, we all go through traumatic experiences over there. It could be an IDF attack. It could be a bullet hitting your seven ton, whatever it is, like it's traumatic and I'm not comparing anything. So this is one of those guys who were probably really uh, um, not secure. He was insecure, you know, and right. wasn't, wasn't uh, leaning on anybody. A lot of people don't lean on people and I'm over here leaning on the world, people who will listen. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and you're going to get that, especially if you do something that's seen as a light or seen as you're, you're moving up, there's always going to be someone out there that tries to bring you down, no matter mm-hmm. what thing you're doing in life. Like you're being successful now, and you're, and that's like I said earlier, your trajectory is going to be is straight up as far as I can see. And yeah, you, it. you have an awesome book on there, your, your uh, motivational speaking, mm-hmm. your website, and yeah. stuff's working for you, plus you're still going to school. Yeah, well, I just finished in December, Electrical Engineering Technology. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, you're, so you're not I, done learning yet, so you're just going to get better. So right. along the way, you're going to have more people, more people, that, you know, and I guess the, the youngsters call them haters these days. You'll have yeah, haters, haters out there. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be out there, and they're going to hate on you no matter what you do. You can be doing the mm-hmm. same thing they want to do, and you're just doing it. Mm-hmm. And so it, you, you're doing the right thing, though, just doing that little Heisman move and kind of pushing them aside. Man, said, all right, hate is gonna hate. I bless you. I love you. See you later. And right, best way to do that. It's true, man. You know, I don't know if you ever heard of reboot, uh, reboot combat oh, yeah. recovery. Yeah, so we have it yeah, here. So, okay, cool. So like, I was a, I was a part of that. I met a guy, <laughs> met a uh, marine, uh, Matt Thomas. I was uh, leaving the gym, going to Chick Fil A before I went to the gas station. You know, the Lord was speaking to me about the Chick Fil A sandwich. So <laughs> Jesus checking, you know, <laughs> Jesus checking in, you know, Jesus checking in and stuff. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna go get this chicken sandwich, and then I'll go get the gas. And I'm going up the hill, and my car stops. Like, I ran out of gas. Like I thought I had like another mile or two. You know, like I ran out of gas, and I'm sitting right there, like probably like you know half a mile from Chick-fil-A in a sense. And this guy, this white guy, I'm a black guy, this white guy, he's walking down the hill, like peeping at me. And I'm just like, oh crap, here we go. I didn't know what to expect, right? He's just like, I was like, bro, this is my car. You know, like, (laughs) I tried to steal his car. You know, that's what I was thinking in my mind based on like how things have, where we're going and stuff, you know, and where I'm from too. But he, so he's looking at me and on his side, I'll fast forward from what he was thinking. He was like, oh, man, there's a black guy down there. Like, you know, like, what is he thinking about me? You know, like, you know, I'm just coming to check it. I'm coming to check on him and stuff, right? So so he comes over there. He's like, hey, man, I saw your Marine Corps sticker on the back of your car. He was like, you're a Marine? I was like, yes, sir. He's like, oh, simplify, brother. He's like, you know, I'm at, well, simplify. You know, so we, we start, you know, talking. And he's like, I'm going to help you push this car. I was like, well, shoot, all right, let's go. So we start pushing the car up the hill. And then uphill. another guy, yeah, uphill, bro. And another guy comes in. He's like, I got you guys. I'm going to help. Like, so there's like two other guys came in over there and helped us push it up, right? So it was really awesome as far as like brotherhood in a sense. And um, he's like, man, so what were you doing? I was like, man, I was going to Chick-fil-A and then I was going to uh, get some gas. He's like, man, I was going to Chick-fil-A too. And uh, he's like, so how about this? He's like, we can go to Chick-fil-A and – and then I'll take you uh, to the gas station. We could go get a, you know, a fuel can, and then we could put some gas in it. And then um, I'll bring you back here to fill up your, you know, put gas in your tank. I was like, for real? 
He was like, yeah. So like, I'm just like, all right, cool. So we go to we go to the Chick-fil-A, man, and we're sitting there and we have this, I'm like looking at my twin, but a fair skinned twin. You know, like like this guy is just <laughs> like me. Like he's been through traumatic stuff. He he battled with depression and suicide. He's married, newly married, you know, and um he's trying to find his place with God, you know, and um, you know, his story is very awesome in itself, man. And uh, so we we connected. And he was like, man, I'm actually uh, planning to start this thing called Reboot, man. And it would be great to have you with me, you know. And I was like, sure. You know, I, know, I knew nothing about it. But, like, he introduced me to John Dell. And John, um, he was, like, the regional guy over there. And, uh, you know, we started that program. And it was life-changing. And we had a lot of people that went through it. And it was life-changing. My wife went through it with me. She was able to see so she wasn't with me when I was in the in the core. She got to see like why I was the way I was, <laughs> you know, um, right. from other people's stories. So like we did that. I started another one and stuff with him. So reboot was really dope to go through the level of spiritual trauma, you know, um, soul wounds and stuff like that. But it was also amazing to meet Matt, who was a white guy and I'm a black guy in this current climate of America and for us to have this brotherhood not only in the core but in Christ and and as married men so it was just inspiring to see that man so I just wanted to anybody out there who you don't have to be a Christian or anything you don't have to be black white you can be whatever you are and you don't have to be a a, a marine of course you could be a soldier but uh, if you want but um <laughs> but um man if you, you know, if you're out there struggling and battling with PTSD, I just want you all to go out there and find somebody that you can lean on. You know, just have somebody you can lean on and talk to, and uh, it'll get you through it. Don't don't pull the trigger. You know, uh, find somebody. So, yeah, yeah. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And that's exactly. what I, I try to tell that to people: the permanent solutions aren't going to help you or anyone else. You may yeah. think that's awesome, but at that point, yeah, it might be. It might be the only thing you can think of. But there's someone out there that cares about you, and yeah, don't give in to the enemy within. There's all, all kinds of sayings out there. There's all kinds of shirts. Mm-hmm. But it, it comes down to, like, you or I being here for each other or being here for our brothers and sisters that we serve with to make sure that they get over the finish line as well. And, and that's what and that's what's helping a lot of others throughout our country right now. And, and seeing, like, that man, uh, Matt, helping you with the gas – and getting mm-hmm. you to getting you to the Jesus chicken. I mean, right. I can't eat. Jesus chicken. <laughs> it's cooked in peanut oil, and I'm allergic, so I get to. Try oh to- man, they got a pro that thing, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I take my wife there, let her have her Jesus chicken. I, I get yeah. a brown. Um, you but- get a brown. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. Or a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it's those little little things like the him stopping with you to show you that. Everyone is different. Everyone right. is different. mindset's different, and uh, meeting people like that help us to, as veterans, as humans, to see mm-hmm. that it's not all bad out here. It, it mm-hmm. the media will make you feel like the world's ending, and exactly a lot of people right now. <laughs> people they sink into that, they pigeonhole into that, and mm-hmm. you can't do that. And we got you got to see the light, and that yeah. that's what helps people out. That's the truth, brother. That's the truth. That is the truth, so, man. So, if someone wants to book you, Alan, how do they? How would they get the, in touch with you to book you to come speak to them or even do a virtual speaking with them? Well, first, uh, you could go to Alan A L L E N Levi Simmons dot com. Uh, that's my website. You could go on Instagram, reach out to me there at Alan Levi Simmons dot com, um, or not dot com, but at Alan Levi Simmons on Instagram. <laughs> Or LinkedIn, <laughs> Allen. I'm everywhere. Allen, A-L-L-E-N, Levi, L-E-V-I, Simmons. You can spell that. You know, anywhere you can look that up and you'll find me. The Purpose Pod on YouTube is my podcast. I interview professionals and, um, you know, I go over their purpose and their story. I w- I'm definitely going to have you on there, Richard. Uh, awesome. You know, so, but yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Awesome. And, and this was great catching up to you. I'm sure we can talk for hours. Because I think we've we've seen a lot of the same things. You you know, even though you you had to be a Semper Fi feller, I mean, right. I was a, a real soldier. I was oh, in a real, yeah. you know, you know how he it was is. A soldier, soldier. A soldier, soldier. <laughs> 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 
we, we chewed the same dirt in Kandahar. We chewed the same dirt in, in Iraq. Yeah. And uh, we can show just between the two of us, there's a way out. Yeah, right. it doesn't I mean, I know a lot of people, they lose that adrenaline high. You lose that high mm-hmm. when you, and it, you got to find a way to get that high again. And I think you have found it with your purpose, yep. serving your purpose now to help others and get them over that hump. I do it yep. by still training soldiers so that they can come home. And now mm-hmm. I have this podcast so I can also get other people's voices out there. So they're right. still heard and, and that, that brings joy to people. And that's, that's mm-hmm. what it's all about. Exactly. And I'm glad you started your podcast and it's been a, a great pleasure to be on here. And uh, like I said, I'm glad you're on. I'm probably going to have you on again to continue your story because I was yeah. laughing a lot during it because I can see <laughs> myself on patrol going through the same stuff. So it's pretty funny. And, uh, yeah, and yeah, it's all great. good. At the same time, it's like a whirlwind of stuff going through, but it is pretty awesome. Right. I appreciate, yeah. appreciate you taking your time and both of us uh, having patience to get this thing knocked out. It took us a, <laughs> a couple a few of times. Right. <laughs> But we, we knocked her out, and uh, I look forward to hearing from you, and I'll definitely go on your show to send me a calendar invite. All right, brother. I appreciate it. All right. You have a good day out there. Stay safe. All right. You too. Bye. Right, bye-bye. Wow. That was great chatting with Alan Simmons about his journey into the service, the emotions he had for entering his trials, and triumphs on the battlefields of Iraq and Afghanistan. And then the ultimate fight in his own battle with PTS. He is an amazing young veteran who will be doing great things in the future. Thanks for being on, and I can't wait to have you back on this show. So you know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on The Misfit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. We appreciate you. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling, because we are the Misfit Nation.